You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Go, hey! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Going to start off today, I'm not doing any prepared speech, I'm not going to to sugarcoat anything, I'm just going to be real honest. And first we want to start with a little humility and gratitude. And we want to thank all the A's fans up there for what you have done for us and what you've done for A's Cast, A's Cast Live supporting us on this journey as we left the terrestrial radio world and took a gamble with our careers. I took a gamble. Commander took a gamble, knowing that what we're doing is the future. And we wanted to bring you a true look at what happens with the Oakland Athletics on an everyday basis because nobody else – in the market was doing that. No one was covering the team. And it's just gotten worse since we started this. Newspapers have really pulled back. There's no radio coverage, hardly any TV coverage. So this has been the place that we created for you to have Monday through Friday, A's Cast Live, but 365, 24-7. A's news, A's programming, A's history. We go to the winter meetings. We do all this stuff to constantly be giving you content and fresh content. And I know how miserable the last 48 hours have been for you, for all of us. And I want you to know how much we feel your pain. We know how miserable this has been. And how tough this is for everybody. And I want you to know we're in, we're in the same boat as you. It's what you need to understand. We're feeling the exact same pain you are. There is still so much out there that we don't know. The unknowns. The unknowns for you. The unknowns for us. The unknowns for our careers. The unknowns for our lives, 
we're affected just like you. I've got a wife. I've got two kids. Cody has a wife. No one knows what the future holds. There's no crystal ball that I can bust out and say, this is what it's going to look like in a week. This is what it's going to look like in six months. This is what it's going to look like in a year. This is what it's going to look like in two years, four years, ten years. I can't tell you. And really, nobody can. You have to understand it affects us just like it affects you. And it affects us really, really hard. And so every decision, every breaking news thing, we're, 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 we're on eggshells just like everybody else. And we wanted to let you know that, that we feel your pain, and we just today want to start out with a thank you for help making us what we are. Because no matter what, all the distractions, no matter all of the dysfunction, you could say, we're the number one podcast in Major League Baseball because of you. We have been recently given numbers that show what we did last year and what we've done to this year. There's not another team close to us. It's because of you. And we can't thank you enough. Now, I hope you understand that we have to still do our job. And our job is to still cover these men in uniform. We still need to cover the front office. We still need to cover the manager. We still need to cover the coaches. And we still need to cover the players. And we still need to cover the league. We still have to do our jobs despite all the noise despite everything that's going on. It's not easy. It's not easy for anybody. We are all in the same boat together. And I wanted to let you know how much I feel for you and I care about you. It's hard. It's hard for all of us. I've never dealt with anything like this. I mean, I did the Raider departure I understand what it's like. I've mentioned a few times on the show. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe, maybe you maybe you haven't. I was the last of the Mohicans when it comes to the Raiders. I was the last guy on air. I was the last guy to do call-in shows. I, I, I worked for the team, but I was an independent contractor. I was on the last ever Oakland Raider flight. I know what I know what that was like to be on the last flight to land from Denver to Oakland and tears in guys' eyes and people hugging and there was a lot of people knew that it was over. Their Raiders their Raiders slash NFL career was over. Mine included. I knew it. But this is different because this is my love. This is my full time job. To I've never had my kids come home and go, a couple of their teachers asking, hey, ask your dad what's really going on, and having to explain to my children what's going on. I have a terrified wife right now. We're all in this together. But you have to understand, we still have to do our job. And please don't hold that against us. I'm still going to have to do the pregame. I'm still going to do the post game. We're still going to carry the games. 
We have to be professional and move on and do the job we've been hired to do. We do not control our ownership. We don't control politics. We don't control states. We don't control cities. We don't control county government. We don't control local government. We control none of that. We always joke, but probably at this time, it's the best time to say it. We always laugh about Jim Harbaugh, A's fan. Control the controllables, Harbaugh would always say, as a Stanford coach, as a 49ers coach, and I'm sure he's saying the same thing in Michigan. Control the controllables. That's all we can do. I don't have any information that you don't have. There's no secret email, text thread, anything that we're being given that you don't know and we're hiding from you. We don't have anything. But I just want to start the show today to let you know how much we care about you and how much we want to thank you for what you've done for us, for what you've done for me in my career, for all the support. And we want to give you that support back. And hopefully we're going to get through this and we'll have to do it all together. Whether it's horrifically bad or turns out to be here unbelievably great. There are so many unknowns right now that no one can truly tell you what the ultimate outcome is going to be. So there's always hope for certain things. But just know that we'll be here for you from a baseball standpoint. And we're going to continue to do our jobs the best that we can to provide you the best coverage. I hope as things go forward, you'll stay with us. And you'll continue to enjoy the coverage. But that's all we can do. So once again, thanks for everything. And we'll proceed as a show, as a show that covers this team, as a a show that covers this league, which I think is as good as anybody. And we're still going to have all the guests, and we're still going to do all of that. But I didn't want to start a show with some some non-emotional, here's a statement. I didn't want to do that because you know that's not me, and I wanted to be real with you. And wanted to truly let you know how we feel about you and hopefully how you feel about us and how we all understand as an A's family, we're all in the same boat together right now. And as Cody can tell you, you know, from our standpoint, it's not easy. What we're all going through is not easy. And anytime there's uncertainty in life, it makes it real uneasy. Just not for you, but the people around you, the people you love, your friends. It's just, uh, and we're not going to, we never developed this show to be breaking news we, that's not what it was developed for. I think everybody knows that. Uh, I've, I've gotten out of the breaking news business a long time ago when my Twitter account was taken from me. And I got back on Twitter, but I just do it to follow baseball people and some sports people. But those days of what are my thoughts on Twitter and breaking news and doing all that, I, I, I've gotten out of that. And, I'm, and, I, and I, I've been a happier person doing that been better for my life not having to feel like oh my god what's happening i have to respond i have to you know it's been better and i'm i'm glad that as of right now that uh i'm definitely off 
but there's no question it is uh it's hard times it's really hard times and there's no way to um no other way to describe it and everybody everybody knows i mean we were all shocked by this no one said hey here's a heads up i mean i got done doing a's pre and post game live on nbc on thursday i was you know i had the night game didn't get much sleep up the next day doing TV. I came home. I was exhausted. I actually laid down old Space Mountain, laid down for a uh, nap. And I woke up to this guy texting me all this stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. No one gave us forewarning. No one knew. So it's not like I know people reached out and said, hey, are you guys hiding stuff? Do you guys know? No. That phrase, it's it's above our pay grade, is could. Could not be uh, more the truth right now uh, of where uh, of what's happening. So we feel you. I just wanted you to know that we love you. We feel you. We know people have reached out, and I appreciate the coverage that people are trying to give this now when we were getting zero coverage for so many years. And that's the reason why Ace Cast was even developed. But a lot of interest right now and a lot of people covering this, and, and I'm glad we're doing that. No matter the outcome, truth is tr- truth. Not a mi- misinformation is never good for anything. And there is a lot of misinformation out there. You know, people want information that 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 best suits them. You know, we've really found that out in the social media era where so many people get their news and they get whatever they need from social media. Well, social media gives you what you want. They got algorithms for that. So everybody gets, everything's tailored to you and gets sent to you what you want and feeds into your wants, your needs, your emotions. I would caution everybody on things that I have known to be true, facts, and there are people that have put stuff out there that's just flat out not true because they don't know. They think they may know, but they're guessing. That's the dangerous thing about Twitter or other social media platforms is everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants everybody you know, clicking on their stuff, looking at their stuff, and there's just there's certain things. And I'm sure if I worked for the city of Oakland, I'm sure there's people on their side who are saying, hey, this person's saying this, that's wrong. You're not getting all the information. There's both sides to this. There's multiple sides to this. So be very be be very wary of what you're reading and what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Because it's it's not all 100 percent factual. And that's tough, right? Because you want, you you so want the answers and you want them now. But you're not getting any 100% answers right now or anytime soon. And this is going to be a long process, long, long process. I mean, I couldn't even believe yesterday when I was reading, like, when we start talking about timelines for whether it be Whichever project, these timelines are so far years out. 
We're talking years. People on Twitter can make it seem like it's tomorrow. They can make it seem like, Cody, that, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to happen, and this is it. And it's like you really look at the year, you go, this is years, years, years out. This isn't stuff that's happening tomorrow. This is not something that's happening by the end of this year. If you're talking about some type of building erected that Major League Baseball can play in, we're talking years. Scary. It is, and you mentioned about all the misinformation out there. It's even going to be more misinformation now that uh, Twitter has gotten rid of the blue check marks. That's now official. So be very careful on what you're reading on social media, especially Twitter anymore, because you can't tell who's verified, who's not, and who has the real news unless you actually look at their page. Well, and I think I there's also there's also verified people are not giving you the full – you know, people yeah. that you viewed as verified. You know, there's a, there's a national spin. There's a local spin. There, there's, there's a lot of spin. And once again, you get back to the controllables. We can't control that. We can't control what a national person says. We can't we can't control someone's opinion. We can't control someone's Twitter account. We can't get involved in that. We can't do that. Unfortunately, we're going to get back to seven game losing streak in three and sixteen. But Mason Miller's here, and boy, that's exciting. I mean, that's that's what we have to get back to. So once again, we feel you, we love you, and we understand. That's all you need to know. And I'll be popping around the ballpark if you want to talk to me. Once we get back to home, I'll, I'll gladly talk to you, answer questions. I'll be there for you the best that I can be. But we will have to go on with life, baseball, and, you know, the uncertainty of our own careers, which is tough to say that. It's tough to go live and say that. You know, a lot of people can get – a lot of people can get on Twitter and they can have videos, and they can have YouTube channels, and they can do all of that. Their careers are not on the line. Their careers are not technically being affected. So they can have big, bold, nasty opinions on whatever they want to have, but yet they, they, there's no ramifications. And they're, they're, they're in the moment. They're in the heat of the moment. They don't live this every day. You know, I've seen a lot of people say a lot of things who I never see them at the ballpark, and I haven't seen them in ballpark. You just never see them. And they're, they're going to give you all these opinions, and they're people that are never there. You don't see them at spring training. You don't see them during the season. You don't see them at the winter meetings. You don't see them at all. Like, who are you to have these kind of opinions? You've got no clue. You're not in this. You're not in this at all. Well, we are. We're in it every day. We live it, we eat it, we drink it, we sleep with it every day. Yesterday was the first day off in 13 days. So you just know that you got a lot of hot take people out there. When you watch this show, you have people been committed to you every single day. We do this every day. This is our life. But you guys mean so much to us. There's no doubt about it. And our fans, what they have done for us, what they have done for this show is is unreal. So when everybody likes to talk about certain things, just know you propelled us to be number one in baseball. And there's nobody even close.
Yeah, we saw the numbers the other day. Um, it's interesting to see them. We appreciate everyone who listens and downloads and watches now uh, because of you. This is why we're able to, f- to stream this on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and for to give you another avenue to consume our content. And I, I really enjoy producing this content for you just like Chris does, and we're going to keep doing it as we have every other day and going forward and, until they tell us we don't ha- we can't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be here. So don't worry about that. We're not going away. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I know what you mean about, you know, it's kind of the misery loves company deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the one time right now when you, and going back to where you said how yeah. people think that we're hiding something. This is the one time where the joke about us being lower level employees that actually we are lower level employees. We don't know anything. Yeah. How's it feel to know you're in the same boat as me now? Awful. <laughs> it really is awful. Yeah. It really is awful. I mean, it's it's that w- w- we will fight on. And that's why we just want to be honest with you today. You know, it's not like, you know, cuz I I you know how insensitive how insensitive insensitive it is for all these people who contact me personally. Hey, are you buying houses in Vegas? Like, dude, you have no idea what's going on. You have no idea. We have no idea. We have no idea what the future holds. We don't. That's why I wanted everybody to know we're in the same boat. We're all in the same boat together. This, the, Where we stand April 21st, um, we're all in this together. So we're going to move on and talk baseball. But just want to let you know we love you guys, and we're here for you. And hopefully you'll be here for us because there may be a time we need to cry on your shoulder, that we need your help helping us to lift our spirits. That may, that day may come. Well, now joining us on A's Cast Live, editor-in-chief of Athletics Farm, Bill. Very interesting times, but as we've always known here, uh, Bill, that um, things are never boring. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, I'm 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 glad I could uh, join you on a slow news day and uh, give you something to talk about when there's uh, not much else going on here. But uh, you know, that's the good thing about prospects, minor league players, young players, whatever's going on. Is, there's always something sort of promising to look forward to in the future when you're talking about some of these young guys, anyway. So maybe uh, hopefully that's something we can we can focus on to give us all a. a a relief at this stage of the game yeah in my opening you know we wanted to tell A's fans how much we love them how much they mean to us and that you know we're all in the same boat you know that's we're we're, he- we're heading into an unknown world that truly affects all of us it's just not them it affects all of us so we want yeah. we wanted to show some gratitude and be very humble and and know that we're all in the same boat and i know you know for for you and your work all these years what uh you've done surrounding this franchise yeah and even you know but before i was uh you know working covering the a's and the organization i mean i'm i'm a lifelong a's fan myself i mean i was born and raised in northern california you know i grew up in a family of a's fans i've been an a's fan since since i was a wee lad and uh you know and all that time the team has been in oakland you know that's that's the oakland days that i've been following for for low these many 
So, um, you know, obviously for people like you and me, it's not just uh, a matter of work. It's it's personal, too. So we certainly all, you know, can, you know, deeply feel exactly what what everyone else is feeling out there. But like you said before, too, um, you know, the the work must go on. So, you know, we have to do what we have to do and uh, do our best and and hope for the best as uh your last guest said too, you know, nothing's over till it's over, you know, so there's still a lot to play out here. So all we can do is hope for the best and, and do what we got to do and put one fo foot in there and still whatever happens, I'm not going to let any developments that anyone else puts forward, uh, come in the way of my love and the joy that I get from the game of baseball. You know, I, I will, I will not allow that to be tarnished by anyone or anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, keep true to that if I can control the controllables. And that's what we are going to do. I've made this statement. I wonder if you're going to back me on this. I believe that if this team was, I don't know, eight and 11, seven and 12, if they were right around in that range, this would be stick with the process. We would still, but net, but the fact that the ball club got out to such a horrific start at three and sixteen, it's allowed this. All right, what the hell? Bring up Mason Miller. Let's go. Jordan Diaz brought him up at the end of last year. Bring him up now. I mean, it's going to be you know when when, when you know. Soderstrom, Geloff, like, like we wouldn't be having this discussion with you if the team was like eight and eleven at this point. Would you agree? Yeah, oh, oh, completely. I, th I think you know you, you and I were both of the mindset that you know, hey, why not let just let the kids play this year? You yes. know, let them get out there. Why not? But you know, the A's obviously they wanted to bring in some veterans. I think hope. Well, you know, maybe we can get off to a better start, have a better winning record. Everybody will feel a little more positive. It'll build some confidence before we start bringing the guys up later in the year. If we, we've got a winning team going anyway, but you know, you get off to that, you know, atrocious start quite honestly. And so it's like, well, you know what, that plan ain't working. You know what, let's, uh, let's go to plan B and, you know, start bringing up some of these guys and, and get it going. And I, I was glad, you know, when I saw Mason Miller make that, that great start in AAA where he threw five innings, didn't, didn't allow a hit or a walk and struck out 11. My first thought was, why wait? You know, the guy's hot. The guy's on a roll. <laughs> yeah. He's got it working. Get him up there now. You know, why Let's wait for go. him to have a few bad starts? Let's you know? go. Yeah, you know, why wait? And I was so relieved to see them do it. You know, I, I thought I was going to be the only one saying that, ex except for you, of course. But, uh, but I mean, I was so relieved to see them do that. So hopefully we're going to see some more of that, you know, this season. I mean, obviously... We got Tyler Soderstrom down there. Zach Geloff's come back from the shoulder injury. He's been playing well the six games since he's been back. You've got J.J. Bleday down there, too. Your guy, Cody Thomas, has been on quite a quite a tear as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Remember, I've been, I, I've been like I've been so high on him because it's like he's an older guy, which doesn't fit my model. I don't want older <laughs> players, but I, I but he's he's a young player at heart. He hasn't had a lot of time. But I said in the offseason, I said it last year when I saw him, I, I know the numbers weren't there. We're starting to see it now. Folks, you're dealing with a primetime athlete. You get, you get recruited to play quarterback 
at one of the all-time legacy schools like Oklahoma. I'd say this if this was SC, if this was you know Michigan, if this was Ohio State, if it was Alabama. If it, I mean, this is Oklahoma is a legacy school. They pick and choose who they want. You don't go the under Lincoln Riley, who now is at SC, but was a, was the coach there. You're not going to play there unless you are a legit athlete. The fact that he was recruited, started, and played games at Oklahoma tells you this guy's got size, he's got speed, he's got an arm. I mean, the tools are there. I just I want to see it and at least give him a shot. Yeah, well, I, I, I know you've been driving the Cody Thomas bandwagon, so that's why I wanted to mention him. He's leading Vegas in home runs. He's got seven already, and are, uh, they've only played, I think, 18 games. He's leading the team in RBIs. And like I said, at this stage of the game, if somebody's tearing it up down there in Vegas, why not give him a shot? If not now, you know when. This, you know, this is the per- Give him a shot. Just see. You know, maybe he flames out. Turns out he can only hit in AAA. All right. Well, let's find it out. What do you, you have know? to lose? There's, there's, yeah, just what I was about to say. What are you going to lose? You know, at least it'll be fun and exciting. You'll have something new to look forward to every day, you know, to see how the new guys do. So, you know, I'm I'm with you. You know, this is the, this is the time to play around. This is the time to experiment. If a guy goes on a tear, let him do that. If a starter throws five shutout innings with 11 strikeouts, hey, come up and give him a go. You know, I mean, it's not like, um, you know, they've got five guys who are lights out every uh, every day, you know. Um, so, I mean, you know, one way or another, you know, these guys are going to get up here this year, whether it's sooner or later. I mean, we are going to see Geloff at some point. We're going to see Soderstrom at some point as long, you know, health willing, as long as they stay healthy. You know, I'm sure we're going to see Blade at some point. Hopefully we'll see your boy Cody Thomas, too. There's even another guy. Trenton Brooks down there, another left-handed hitting outfielder. They signed as a minor league free agent in the offseason. He's been on an incredible tear. He's hitting just as well as Cody Thomas is now. Um, He's hitting around 350. He's got an OPS over 1,000. You know, this is an anonymous guy. Never played in the majors. I think he's 27. And, um, you know, just been on a total tear down there. So, you know, just, you know, why not give these guys a shot? What do you got to lose right now? And and it'll be more interesting and entertaining than, you know, just trotting out the same guys, uh, you know, uh, every day that, that aren't doing a whole lot. You know, I, I want people to understand with Mason Miller because it's kind of like, I mean, how is this? I mean, 15 times he hit 100 miles an hour. It was like amazing. <laughs> you know, how does this story go? Well, my, my daughter's a type 1 diabetic. And it is amazing when you don't know you have this disease and what's happening to your body and your body chemistry and your body is not functioning well. And then all of a sudden, once you're able to be diagnosed and tackle this thing and start correcting your blood sugar with insulin, and it's amazing how the human being changes. Mm -hmm. I can see how... I don't know what he was throwing before he was diagnosed, if it was 92, 93, but just what it would have been doing to his body to all of a sudden be diagnosed, get the right care, and have his body come back. And now all of a sudden, bang, he's throwing 100. I get that. I it, This is a great story. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I got to tell you, watching him in his debut with everything that's going on, that was pretty effortless 100. That was pretty and, – and if you're going to tell me in his career so far, throwing 100 miles an hour and throwing strikes and throwing strikes with his secondary pitches, wow. Yeah, and, you know, and like you always say, I mean, it gives you something to look forward to. You're you're already looking forward to his next start, right? Oh, I mean, you no know. doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Know, 
it gives you something to live for during the season. And and like you mentioned, you know, before he realized he was diabetic, he was uh, a tall, skinny, lanky guy. Uh, and then once he learned about the, the, the diabetes, he started, you know, eating right, you know, taking care of himself nutritionally. And he put on all this weight. And suddenly he had a lot more power, a lot more strength, you know, and with all that added weight, he was really able to get the velocity up there. And and that just changed everything for him. So learning about um, uh, his uh, uh, diabetes uh, diagnosis and and then adapting and, and getting the proper nutrition and eating right totally changed his body, totally changed his velocity and totally changed his game and made him into the, the hot prospect that he is today. I would be fine if. And once again, I'm open to anything at this point. When you're three and sixteen, I'm open to anything. I would be fine if you said Fuji on Saturday, Mason on Sunday, and the rest of the week we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Right? If right. You, like you got these two hot commodities, like Fuji Saturdays, Mason Sundays. I mean, gonna get Kyle Moeller in there. JP Sears is going tonight. He's been impressive so far. I don't know what's going to happen with Caprillion. Uh, Waldachuk has thrown the ball well the last two times out. I mean, I, who else is going to – is Adrian Martinez going to get more? I don't know, but I'd be cool if you want to go Fuji on Saturday, Mason on Sunday, and just say, hey, you guys are going one day a week. Yeah, and uh, I, I know both of us are, are not terribly fond of that whole, you know, six-man rotation idea, but the state that the A's are in now, you know, maybe this is not a bad time because a lot of these pitchers haven't pitched a lot of innings. Mason Miller has not pitched a lot, so he's not going to be out here throwing 200 innings, you know, and making 30 starts this year, um, and obviously Fuji isn't either, so maybe it's time where everybody's got their day. They go, you know, they know their day. They go out. They do their thing. You stock the bullpen full of a bunch of relievers, you know, who can could cover if there's any problem and uh you know and, and you hope for the best but i mean this has got to be a year of experimentation you know why not try things out um you know hopefully jordan diaz gets in there gets to play you know why not give him a little time at third base give him a little time at second base try him out around the infield see what works see what sticks you know sometimes you know you just got to throw a few things against the wall to find out what sticks and and this is the perfect time to do it fuji saturdays Mason Sundays, Moriarty Mondays. How about that? We'll get you on Monday. I, I'm all for it. Give me the ball. Put me in, Coach. <laughs> uh, recently, you were able to sit down with the director of player development, Ed Sprague, the World Series champion, the Olympic yes. gold medalist out of Stanford, uh, now a big part of our organization. What did Mr. Sprague have to say to you? Well, you know, uh, we talked to him about most of the A's top prospects. You can find the uh, the podcast with Ed Sprague on uh, on uh, A's Cast there. And um, one of the interesting things I think you might find interesting is we talked a little bit about Lawrence Butler, you know. Yeah. And obviously, like everyone, he was impressed with what Lawrence Butler did in spring training for the A's. But he said that he, you know, sat out and had a talk with him before he went down to Midland and said, look, you know, I, I – I, I know you performed well when you knew all the eyes were on you in spring training and Mark Kotze and the major league coaching staff are watching you every day. And you, you know, you brought the intensity and turned up the heat, but, but I want to see you keep that intensity when you go down to Midland and you're toiling in the trenches in West Texas and everybody in the organization isn't there watching you every day. He said, you know, a lot of guys are like that, you know, they can turn it on, you know, when the when the spotlight's on them, they're kind of big game players, you know, but then when it comes to kind of the the sometimes drudgery of daily life, particularly in the minor leagues, maybe that intensity, you know, fades away a little bit. So he he had that 
important advice to offer Lawrence Butler before going down to Midland. And, you know, honestly, Lawrence Butler did get off to a bit of a slow start at Midland. He's been picking it up a little bit lately. I think he's hitting about 250 now. Um, and hopefully he'll, um, you know, he'll uh, keep it keep it going and get better as the season goes on. But uh, hopefully he takes Ed Sprague's advice to heart. But sometimes it's hard. You know, baseball is a grueling sport. It happens every day, especially in the minor leagues. You're playing in not ideal conditions to keep that intensity level, to keep that focus, um, you know, when – when you're kind of toiling away in anonymity can be a little difficult. So I thought it was interesting that Ed Sprague thought it was important to sit down and have that conversation with Lawrence Butler at that point. Um, the kind of other interesting thing down there is, you know, Denzel Clark is supposed to be starting the season in Midland, but he's had a bit of a shoulder strain. So he's been down in Arizona, um, you know, getting that in shape. And uh, I've been told he should be back before too long. It doesn't appear to be that serious, but he hasn't been able to get on the field yet. But once we have both Lawrence Butler and Denzel Clark in the outfield in Midland, that'll be a pretty exciting uh, duo duo to watch down there once they're both, uh, both going. I'm never going to judge anybody for playing in the WBC because I think it's a, a <laughs> wonderful experience whether you get to play for the United States or you go play for like Denzel Clark played for Canada. But you just talked about Lawrence Butler and everything he did in spring training. All eyes were on him. Everybody was watching him. We had the play-by-play every day here on A's cast. Everybody's going nuts. This guy's amazing. Look, our social media is putting out his highlights and all that. And where's Denzel Clark? Well, he's on Team Canada. Right. So it's like, and now he hasn't played. So as much as the WC has helped everybody – is there a scenario where maybe for Denzel Clark, the WC wasn't so hot from a standpoint of inside this organization? Yeah, I mean, because he, I don't know if you remember, but early on, he was hitting, you know, pretty much just as well as Lawrence Butler, uh, too. You know, he got off to a great start in spring training camp. You know, all I could say is, I know if I was a minor league player trying to uh, make an impression and move my way up the ladder in an organization, I would want to be spending every minute I could in major league camp. You know, I mean, that is where I would want to be. I would want Mark Kotze and the major league pitching staff and David Forrest watching me perform every single day. I wouldn't want to be off somewhere else and just having them getting reports on on my occasional appearances. So, I mean, just from a personal perspective, if I was a minor league player, I want to be there where where I can have the biggest impact on my own career and be able to make yeah. the biggest impression possible. So, yeah, I mean, if I was Denzel Clark or any other minor league player, I'd want to spend every minute I could in the major league camp and spring training because that is certainly the best way to, to make an impression on the important decision makers in any organization. All righty. This team needs pitching. That's an understatement. They're last in ERA, they're last in starters ERA, and they're 29th in bullpen ERA. So who can help this team? They need help. Who's out there? Who's in the system right now, in the minor league system, who can help this pitching staff? So uh, obviously, number one was Mason Miller. He's already here, so we can't add him now because no, he's already he's here. here. <laughs> Mason Sundays are here. Um, uh, that now, um, probably the next most promising prospect would be Louis Medina, who is also a hard thrower, who's at Vegas. Um, his second to last start, he had a really, really good outing, looked really sharp. 
uh, but his last start, he just threw. Um, the control was an issue again. You know, unfortunately, he's you know still walking too many guys. If Louis Medina can get get a little bit of control, he's got the stuff to make a difference. But we need to see him showing consistent command of that stuff. But he's probably the most promising, most talented guy at Vegas right now. Unfortunately, as we know, Freddie Tarnock is on the injured list. Hogan Harris had a you know a brief moment in the sun, and oh. he's he's got those control issues too. So. Unfortunately, that's problematic. Um, Colin Palouse, uh, some folks might remember him. Uh, he uh, just had a, a very good start last night at Vegas. He threw five uh, shutout innings in Vegas. And uh, anytime you can throw five shutout innings in the Pacific Coast League, um, you may be eligible to win some sort of award. You need so, a trophy. Um, <laughs> you should get some type of participation <laughs> trophy. So that, that was good to see out of him. His first start of the season was a little rough, but the last three have been good. I think over his last three starts, he has, I think, a 257 ERA. So again, that's pretty good in the Pacific Coast League. He's been striking out a batter in inning. So Colin Palouse could be a name to watch as well. Also in the bullpen, I don't know if you remember uh, who we got for your friend Christian Pache from uh, Philadelphia, but right-hander Billy Sullivan. He's been pitching really well out of the Vegas bullpen, and uh, he hadn't given up an earned run all season until just uh, uh, last night, I think it was, gave up his first earned run. So he's been pitching really well, a lot of strikeouts as well. So I'd say if they need a, a bullpen arm, uh, Billy Sullivan could be somebody to look for. Also, Spencer Patton is an older free agent. They just recently signed minor league free agent. He's been pitching well at um, at Vegas, too, and he's been, uh, he's been he can be a bit of a strikeout pitcher, too. But I'd say they need an arm out of the bullpen, Billy Sullivan. And um, in the starting rotation, if Louis Medina can get the control issues un under control, um, he's very talented. And if Colin Palouse can just keep doing what he's doing um, – you know, he could be another guy who could get an opportunity as well. But if you go a little further down to Midland, a couple of guys have been pitching very well there. And they're both a, a couple of guys that we've gotten from our friends, the Atlanta Braves. And they were guys that maybe weren't talked about so much. But I don't know if you remember Joey Estes. He came over in the um, Matt Olson deal and he won Texas League Pitcher of the Week honors last week. He threw five shutout innings last week, had a really good outing. And then Royber Salinas, who came over in the Sean Murphy deal, probably the guy who was mentioned the least, he's been pitching in the Midland uh, starting rotation down there, been throwing well, throwing hard, racking up lots of strikeouts, pitching very well. So I think um, Joey Estes and Royber Salinas are guys people might not have thought about so much, but they're both very talented and they're both pitching at, at Midland, pitching very well down there. So they could be uh, not too many steps away as well. I, you know, I'm so glad we have you on and because, I mean, the fact that you're delivering that because that's the type of news where you go right now, you could just be like, all these trades are a disaster. They're just a disaster. But that's, you know, David Forrest said it the other day. Things take time. When you make yep. trades, trades take time. You got to wait to truly evaluate trades a few years down the road. Like if all of a sudden you've got you know, a let's say three or four of your starters in the rotation are coming from these trades with the Braves because you already got Mueller here. Mm -hmm. Now you'd be looking at it going, oh, okay, that's a different way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, again, like I said, they forget some of the guys who maybe are a little further down the development yeah. line. You know, they, they don't get mentioned as much. It's like, oh, what's this guy who's right here right now doing? Well, there's a lot of guys in those trades. You know, they're, they're collecting 
affecting a lot of warm bodies. And sometimes it takes a few years for the for the other warm bodies to develop. But yeah, Joey Estes, too. He's he's very young. I mean, he's still in his early, early 20s. And, you know, he's been pitching very well. He pitched very well last year at Lansing now pitching very well at double-A Midland. And like I said, Roy Bersalinas, people kind of almost forgot to mention him when they were talking about the Sean Murphy trade. But the A's targeted him for a reason. He's a young, hard-throwing guy. And uh, again, doing very well at double-A, which is not that far away. So we could see a couple more pieces of those big uh, trades uh, paying off in, in the fairly near future. You know, one other guy I did want to mention, because it's always interesting when these guys who are lower uh, draft picks who are kind of off the radar guys just show up and perform well. We also had a pitcher at Stockton, Jake Garland, who was last year's 17th round draft pick for the A's. You know, that guy wasn't getting a million dollar bonus. And um, he really impressed the minor league staff in the spring. They put him in the Stockton rotation. And last week he pitched five scoreless and hitless innings, striking out seven in Stockton. And he was the California League Pitcher of the Week last week. This is a guy who was our 17th round draft pick last year. So the A's might have found a little gem for for next to nothing there in the late stages of the draft last year. So Jake Garland at Stockton is also someone you might want to keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, so many times I'll have people say, well, the guy's not on the 40, man. If somebody's in their early 20s with a good arm and they can get people out, Figure it out and get them up here. Yeah, I mean, I want to you know, see young guys. Yeah, there, there, there's always you know people. Oh, we can't, we can't DFA he's this guy. What do we do man, if we huh? if we lose Dermis Garcia? You know, yeah. life will never be the same. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta take a little risk and get a young talented guy in there. You know, I mean, not all these guys on the forty man are automatically Hall of Famers. You know. Oh, <laughs> there's no doubt. Great work as always. We truly appreciate it. Keep your spirits up, and we'll talk soon. You too, Chris. Keep the faith. Look forward to talking to you again soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wait a minute, you're going to allow them to bring Brent Rooker over and you're going to make that statement so I can't <laughs> bet against that? What? Oh, I Pretty mean, much. that's a bet. I, I, Brent may want, he may want in on this. Ah, uh, oh, he just, he, he made a, he made a bit. So on this show. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. On this show, what happens is is um, people make some idiotic statements. So we call you on it, and we end up betting on it. Okay. So if you're going to say anything, you know, you got to be able to back it up. Because okay. in baseball, we can't bet money, but we can bet food. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's got Garrett Cole in the MVP. I'm like, ah, I'm not so sure. 
By the way, we didn't get to talk to you in spring training. This is A's Cast Live. This is our live talk show that we do on the field. It's uh, Monday through Friday. We wanted to hook up. We didn't, so it's great to finally have you on. And by the way, wow, what a start for you. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Um, Yeah, it was a good week. I felt good at the plate, obviously. Had a good approach, took some good swings. So I just want to keep, you know, carry that over into this week and keep it rolling. You know, there's just certain times in an athlete's career where things align. Things haven't always aligned for you. Now here you are at 28 years old. This is the prime of your career. Right spot, right time. Tell us how it feels. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I'm loving being here. I'm just loving kind of getting the opportunity to go out there and compete. Um and, you know, try to prove myself and, and improve what I can do. Um, you know, kind of like you said, the, the past few years I haven't gotten the opportunities that I've been looking for that I felt that I maybe deserved. So it's been nice to get those here um, and, and play pretty well while doing it. And obviously we just want to, you know, uh, the guys in that clubhouse, we're going to come out and play hard and compete every night. So we always talk about Oakland being the land of opportunity. It doesn't matter where you were drafted, when you were drafted, who drafted you, what's your sign-in bonus, all the different things that have people blocked. Like, we've talked to Ryan Noda about Freddie Freeman blocking him. I mean, all these organizations, there's different reasons why guys get caught here. You play, you get promoted, you had a great spring. Just what has that meant to you that when you signed here, they told you that and they lived up to it? Yeah, um, that means a lot, you know, as a, as a player when you, when you when you get picked up by a team or you get to a new organization and the front office and the manager pretty much straight up tell you, hey, like, there's opportunity here for you to compete. If you come in and you earn it, um, you know, you're going to win a job and you're going to win a spot. And for them to kind of live up to that and, and, and make true on their word when I went out and had a good spring um, meant a lot to me as a player. I know it means a lot to a lot of guys in that clubhouse too. Well, I, I, did, I did the numbers. Last seven games you're hitting 423, four home runs, 11 RBIs, five multi-hit games during that time what's a little bit different right now for you um you know the only thing i tweaked was my timing a little bit you know i just wanted to get be able to get started a little bit earlier and be on time more i felt like um i had some streaks during spring training where i was hitting really well but then i had some times where i didn't do what what i wanted to do um and during those times i just felt kind of rushed and like i didn't have enough time to make uh, necessarily adjustments mid-swing or make the right moves that i wanted to make so um, I just kind of made a conscious effort to, to change my initial move a little bit to get started earlier and a little bit more on time, and I think it's paid off so far. You know, when you think about your career, you're all everything out of the SEC, uh, Mississippi State, and high draft pick, the signing boat, you know, you got all that going. Just through the years, how frustrating was it that you probably didn't live up to what you expected? Yeah, um, I you know, definitely had those times in my career where, you know, I have certain expectations of myself. Um, and, and, and the opportunities I was given in the big leagues, I didn't meet those expectations and I didn't do what I wanted to do. You know, kind of year over year, starting in 2019, um, I played in AAA and put up numbers and kind of met the expectations there. And then when I get promoted and get the chance to, to kind of carry it over, I just wasn't able to do it. And it gets frustrating and it gets hard at times as a player, but you just kind of, kind of keep your head down, um, keep grinding, waiting for that one opportunity that does click and does pay off. You know, the one thing just, just watching you and you notice when you get the arms extended, when, when you get, I mean, it, it's the pop off the bat. I think about the one home run in Baltimore, dead central. You knew it right away. I mean, it's that you know it when you're going good and you get that extension. What that's What is that feeling like for you? Yeah, um, you know, it goes a lot. It's a lot just me being on time. When I'm on time um, and I'm able to catch balls out front and be on time for fastballs and still make adjustments on breaking balls is when I'm going really well. And that's kind of what I've. What I've been doing the last week and what's been working is I've been able to, you know, hit some fastballs pull side and then also just kind of be be um, ready in a, in, a, in a hitting position early enough to be able to adjust when I recognize breaking balls that are kind of hanging up in the zone and then put good swings on those two. Well, and when you talk about that kind of timing, too, I mean, we are now 
at an all-time high, even in 2023. You've been seeing it now for years. You've probably been seeing it since college, but all-time high velocity. But even this year, we're at an all-time high velocity, but yet pitchers are throwing less fastballs than ever yeah. before. So it's kind of crazy. you got to have the timing for the fastball. It's the high, it's the hardest fastballs you've ever seen, but yet you're still going to see more breaking balls. Yeah, and I mean, I would imagine the trend's going to continue and the, the average velocity is going to keep going up every single year um, without fail. And, and probably the other trend, too, is guys are going to continue to throw more breaking balls because with all the technology pitchers have now, they're able to design pitches certain ways. They're able to put you know, certain spin axes on pitches, certain spin rates on pitches to make them do exactly what they want to do. So they're just getting more precise and more fine with their craft and what they're doing. Um, and I would imagine both those trends continue, like I said. So um, hitting is only getting harder. Um, and the only way to do it at this level is like to be on time with fastballs but still be able to adjust when you see spin. In my day, when you didn't have a good curveball or a good slider, you had a big sweeping breaking ball. We called it a slurve. They're now calling it a sweeper. Uh, so we have guys who are throwing a sweeper and a slider. So as a hitter, we know what the 12-6, mm-hmm. uh, the vertical breaking ball is. We know what the tight slider's like. This now sweeping breaking ball, more pitchers are throwing it. What does it look like to you as a hitter? Yeah, so it's a pitch we've seen in the past. It's just always been kind of relegated to the low slot. The low arm slot guys can throw it because they can really get on the side of it from down here, the sidearm guys, and just put that, you know, whatever spin axis this is. Like a side frisbee. Exactly. It's exactly yeah. what it looks like. It's a frisbee. And when we're used to seeing it from guys down here, they've just now figured out for how guys to throw over the top and still be able to throw it. So that's basically what it looks like. It's just a frisbee kind of gradually moving away from you, um, right on right, just kind of gradually moving across the plate and then uh, towards the outside corner, whereas a, a traditional slider is obviously there's more shape to it and it's a little sharper and more down, whereas the, the, the sweeper, it's just kind of gradual move um, sideways across the zone horizontally. I know we got a long way to go. You're off to a great start, but I just want to tell you, you know, we have a lot of young kids and a lot of young ballplayers who watch this program, listen to this program, I think you're a great inspiration to them. And I think we've had a lot of players in Oakland like yourself to where never give up. This is your goal. This is your dream. And you're making that dream happen. And you're doing it every day right now for the Oakland Athletics. I think you should be very proud of yourself because you are an inspiration to a lot of young ball players well, out thank there. Thank you very much. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Good luck tonight. Thank you. Ken Rosenthal joins us here on Ace Cast Live once again. It's great to have you back. How are you? Chris, how are you? Good to be here. And it was like two spring trainings ago last time we saw you. I know, I know. Well, it's been a little bit crazy the last couple of years. Lockout, WBC, so it's great to be here. Well, you know, you're a great person to ask. Speaking of the WBC and the new rules, I couldn't remember the last time going into a season we had so much momentum, good momentum going into, and now with the rules working – uh, just what do you think of baseball right now? I would totally agree with that, that the momentum coming into this season was much better than in the past couple, right? We had the lockout, we had COVID, we had all kinds of things going on, and the WBC was a great launching point for this season, and then the rules. The rules, Chris, have made, as you know, a huge difference in the play, the pace of play, the time of game, of course, but I don't know that that's everything, because we can see a great three-hour game, but... It's the pace of that three-hour game yeah. now that matters. And the sport is just more enjoyable. And I think for the players and talking to them, it's more fun to play. Their athleticism can show. They can do things that maybe they were restricted from doing before. So overall, it's as positive a place for the sport as it's been in quite some time. There's no threat of labor problems. We're four years away from that. Yeah, It's a good place. This is Ricky Henderson Field. This is where the greatest base dealer grew up. Born and raised here, played here. 
I'm an 80s kid, so I remember Vince Coleman, Tim Raines. I try and tell all these kids who watch the show, that was baseball to me. We're seeing it again. Yes, and, well, Ricky, of course, was the ultimate, and there'll never be another Ricky. And I remember covering games in this park, late 80s, early 90s, with some of those teams that they had, and it was so much fun. But, yes, the fact that the running game is back is a huge thing for the sport, and it's exciting. It adds an element that's been missing, and I don't know how it's all going to play out yeah. <laughs> because teams will adjust, they'll do different things, and if the success rate falls, teams will back off, but I don't know how much it's going to fall with these rules. So it's going to be really interesting to see. It'd be interesting to ask Ricky. I think, actually, the athletics brick girl, did ask him this. That is correct. How yeah. many would you steal in this environment? <laughs> I, I forgot Ricky's answer. It was probably like 200 or something. But Well, right now we have a 95% success rate stealing third. He loves stealing third. Yep. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like any of those guys. But the one thing that I think about, because we start to see a blueprint where all 30 teams look the same, the yes. way they were building their yes. teams. Now, if we get in a game, we're still going to have the Yankees trying to hit the ball at the ballpark in certain teams. But now running teams versus home run teams, teams truly built on speed and defense. Isn't that better for our game to have multiple matchups? Styles make fights. I totally agree. I don't know that it's going to happen. And one executive is explaining to me that the best way to score is still to walk and hit home runs. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But... My question to him was about the point you just raised. Won't it be good to see maybe Arizona, the way they're playing, Kansas City, the way they're playing? This guy was saying, no, no, no. It's still going to be home runs and walks. But I don't necessarily agree with that. And there will be more of a diversity of style here. And that, too, is healthy. The game was too one-dimensional. It was all power, all power on both sides. Velocity is all that mattered. And from an offensive standpoint, hit the ball out of the ballpark, well, We'll see if velocity holds. It's holding so far as the pitch clock has an effect on guys as time goes on. Will there be more injuries? Will guys lose a little bit of their fastball? Will they throw more breaking pitches? Because that clock and the accelerated pace takes a toll. I don't know the answers to any of these, but it's going to be really interesting to find out. If you look in your crystal ball, obviously Oakland is a situation. Baseball needs to figure this out. If you look in your crystal ball, I know you hear a lot of different things. I mean, you're the top insider in our game. What do you think happens with our franchise? I don't know. And my instinct is they end up in Vegas. But I know from being here that there's tremendous passion here for the team among the team's fans. And while we don't always see all of them here, the ones who are here are extremely passionate, and there are others out there wanting and waiting to come back. So, I'm not an expert on Bay Area politics, yeah. but if they ever could figure it out, in my view, the franchise could be successful here. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on A's radio yeah. or whatever. I've seen this. We all see this, and we all know it. But it has to happen. And how long have we been talking about this? It's insane time. how long we've been talking about it. So, I would hope the commissioner is good to his word and that this gets resolved one way or the other by the end of the year. Because... It's not a healthy situation for Oakland, for the players, for the staff, for the front office, for the fans. It needs to come to an end. Let's end on this. As so many things in baseball are changing, our fans understand, as we created A's Cast, which started out as audio, now video, we're by far number one in Major League Baseball. Uh, what helps is we're at 
a tech-friendly world here in the Bay Area. But as you mentioned, the interest, I've always said the athletic. People have thought paying for a website, well, it's journalism that's second to none. Eno Saris joins us every single week. He was just here. I talk about whether you're a football fan, a baseball fan. I get all the soccer updates, NBA for Warrior fans. Subscribe to The Athletic because it's truly great journalism. We now have the problem in baseball with cable. Yeah. So we took a leap with this. You took a leap in your career with The Athletic. Mm -hmm. And I think there's going to be a whole new leap with how we're watching games on devices or television. Our world, we've been in it, but I think baseball people are starting to realize how we get our information and how we watch baseball is changing in front of our eyes. It always does. And I can just look at my own career. I've had to adapt at many different stages because of the different forms of getting information out there and talking about things and writing about things. And that's the natural course of events. And as technology becomes more prominent and new things are introduced, that's what happens. And baseball, yes, there's an adjustment period that's going to have to go on now with the streaming situation. We all know that. Hopefully we get to a better place where fans are not blacked out anymore. And it seems to me the people in the commissioner's office understand this. It's getting from point A to point B that's not so easy. I get that, but this too needs to be resolved. Well, I'll tell you what, second to none, whether it's writing, television, you name it, he's the best in our game. And oh, it's thanks, always Chris. an honor to have you on the program. I appreciate that, man. Thanks very much. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.